and welcome to Detention. This week joining us we have Chris Paul, John Morant, Chris Murray, and then Caitlin Clark. So all basketball players this week for sports. When you said John Morant, I just laughed. Well, he should be joining a courtroom, but <laughs> yeah. not joining us today. So, Cody, are you aware that dogs are not able to operate an MRI machine? That would make sense. Okay. But did you know that cats can? <laughs> uh, good with, Good to have you back. Uh, and this. it falls on a week where I get to get you. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Painful. To be fair, we were going to be back last week, but you had stuff to do. I had stuff to do. Yeah, I did have stuff to do. You want to talk about it? Uh, sure. I got engaged. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Last week. Yeah. yeah it's technically. So exciting. Yeah. So it was exciting. It was very good. We went to a show in Minneapolis. Uh, saw Young the Giant, if anyone's ever heard of them. I tried seeing them two other times in my life and had to sell the tickets because of my bitch of a coordinator for college and then a snowstorm. So I finally got to see him. But it was a good show. Good. Uh, getting into sports news, <laughs> Chris Paul is signing with the Warriors. What are your initial thoughts on that? It doesn't make sense. I would not think it makes sense either because the trade, when I saw it go through of who they were trading for, uh, blew my mind. Yeah. It doesn't quite make sense. So they finalized a trade to acquire Chris Paul uh, from the Washington Wizards in exchange for their guard, Jordan Poole as well as the Warriors will send a 2022 second-round pick, uh, Ryan Collins, and two future picks to the Wizards, a 2030 first-round uh, projected pick, and then a 2027 second-round pick, all for a 38-year-old, uh, injury-prone, banged-up Chris Paul. Yeah. Who's not even going to be a starter. No. He's coming off the bench, which yeah. probably is what he should be doing in the first place for his age. So uh, it makes sense in the scheme of Chris Paul's mind, right? Because for him, yes, he is, it makes perfect sense for him. No, no, no. I mean, like for the Warriors, oh. to utilize his mind, oh. he is one of the smartest basketball players in the league. High IQ, yes. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, what he can do on the court makes sense. But to all those things that you just said, injury prone, definitely old. Um, he just. It, that's, it's risky. It was very risky. Especially with already an older crew. Like, they're going to be mm -hmm. easily one of the oldest teams in the league because Draymond came back. Yep, he just, signed a, still there. he just signed a $100 million deal. Yeah, and they're in their mid-30s as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's puzzling. But, again, it makes sense because utilizing Chris Paul's mind, maybe he can help younger develop younger players' IQ with basketball, and maybe that's where the value is coming from. I guess, but in a sense, why wouldn't you pick him up after he's retired and put him on a coaching staff team? Well, that's what they did with Andre, Andre Iguodala all last year. He almost yeah. never played, but he was on the bench every – and he just retired. Yeah. So it might be the same thing. I'm not entirely sure what their thought process is. But it still continues to work. They're still one of the best teams in the league consistently. They're going to be favorites for the championship coming into the next season for sure. I would say one of them. Yeah, well, not the one, but they're going to be one of them, along with the Lakers, obviously, and then Denver. 
right? Those are going to be probably the biggest three. Suns, yeah, maybe a little bit. Oh, definitely a lot of it. Think a lot of it. They just got um, Bradley Beal. Defense only, though. No, Bradley Beal. Yes. Who am I thinking? Beverly. I'm thinking of Patrick Beverly. He's on this list later, but no, Bradley Beal now is with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I guess you can add DeAndre Jordan in there. Not DeAndre Jordan. Um, DeAndre Ayton. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the rest of that team Mm -hmm. plays out because all they can really do is sign veteran maximum contracts or veteran minimums. So they're not going to have a deep roster. And Kevin Durant's also injury prone. Mm -hmm. So seeing how that plays out is going to be very interesting. Puts more pressure on Devin Booker. Uh, Puts more pressure on Kevin Durant. Because now you have no excuse well, he, not I'm to win a championship. If, I'm saying if he gets injured, I understand that, which is going to put a lot of it, I think, pressure on Devin Booker to kind of carry the team in some aspects. When but now that you have Bradley Beal, you don't have to worry about that. So you don't think so? Nope. Hmm. Because it takes pressure off you because you have another superstar person right next to you. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, continuing with the Warriors trade. Uh, Paul averaged about 14 points, nine rebounds this past season with Phoenix, while Jordan Poole, on the other hand, averaged about 20 points and four and a half assists this past season with Golden State. That's where I'm getting the comparison of like during the regular season, you have these two players, granted one's much older than the other. Just the production there alone does not quite match. I don't get the trade on that, though Jordan Poole did have a poor offseason performance, um, averaging 34 percent from the field and just over 10 points per game uh the major feeling that it came down to this as to why they traded i f- have read is that financial decisions for the future that and pool and a lot of his teammates didn't get along they didn't get along he's a dramatic baby yeah well you know coming from michigan can i see that uh darling of whatever sweet 16 run that they did when he was like a freshman or whatever yeah, he. there's a lot of issues with him in how he's developed in the league because he's developed nicely in the league, but he is on one of the best teams, and he he was revered as the next Splash Brother because he, in his first year, was in the G League, rose the ranks of the G League, mm-hmm. uh, came into the league, started playing really well like most rookies do, and then he had a sophomore slump like two years later. So... He he developed this idea that he's one of the best players in the league. It's like you're not. Like you're a good player. You're you're definitely a really good player. Mm-hmm. But you're not the go-to guy on your team. Like well, no. Now when you have well, and you, if you watch how he plays, he plays so loosey goosey. He has no control for the ball. It's like you need to tighten some shit up. And I and with the just issue in ball the skills or yeah. just being in placement ball skills. When you look at the issues. At this last offseason between him and Draymond that never really healed when Draymond punched him in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, that relationship never healed. There's been videos of during the games where like Draymond went to like uh, high-five him and he went past him. Steph had to go talk to him and say, you don't do that. It's just, it's been a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I honestly feel like the Warriors are kind of won in this instance because they got the tension off there. Well, it seems like they're definitely doubling down on it, getting rid of Poole and then signing Draymond for a big contract you don't keep you don't throw away somebody who's won you four championships and keep someone who had a really shitty off season or yeah. postseason so mm-hmm. he leaves the warriors with the ring though that's true Jordan Poole, so it's kind of nice other free agency news 
Yeah, there's been quite a bit because free agency started a couple days ago. There's been a couple trades here and there, and then we also have the draft to talk about. I mean, while we're just while I mention that, the only thing I really want to talk about the draft is uh, Victor Wembanyama. No surprise to anybody was first overall to the Spurs. Pretty much everyone else lost after that. Um, he the new Tim Duncan. He's probably better than Tim Duncan. Um, Skill set wise, potentially. You think? Um, if he's got to fill if, out though. If all the eh, if all the talk about him is as good as he he'll probably be, be at the end of his career, if all things hold together, no injuries or anything like that, mm-hmm. then probably yes, he'll be better than Tim Duncan. But that is to be seen. Uh, he actually still towers Tim Duncan, which is weird. Well, I know he's t- taller than Tim Duncan. I mean, seen, I've seen videos of him just walking towards other regular NBA players, and he still towers over them. Right. The guy is freakishly tall, which is why I think he's not going to do too well. Uh, he's going to be like a Yao Ming, I think. Potentially. He's going to have some flashes, but he's going to have a lot of foot injuries that's going to well, delay. Well, Yao Ming also had more muscle on him. Well, yeah, Yao Ming was thick everywhere. Right. But I think it's going to be... It'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, I mean, anybody else in the draft, not really noteworthy. I mean, we have one because of Iowa players. Yeah, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But the rest of the free agency moves that I really wanted to talk about, besides the ones we kind of just touched on earlier, um, this one I found really interesting. John Collins traded to the Jazz. Um, I've always found this interesting because they've talked about moving John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks for the past two or three years. And for John Collins, that must be really frustrating because your team's talking about moving you publicly for years. For a long time. And they haven't. He finally got moved to the Jazz, which I think is a really good move because you look at what the Jazz just did this last year where no one was expecting to be as good as they were, and they were really good. You have that young base. Now you have John Collins who's played in the league and has a really good skill set. I'd like to move. Except for the last couple of years, you know, the Jazz prior to, like, I guess pre-pandemic, they were – championship caliber team mm-hmm. they were first second third seed team in the west well because you had donovan mitchell and rudy gobert yeah well both those team both those players left and they got a bunch of picks for them and everyone thought they were gonna be dog shit this year mm-hmm. so i actually really like this move um other ones that i found interesting joe harris is traded to the pistons i think that adds a lot of depth to the pistons i do want to come back to that team in a second uh, Torian Prince to the Lakers. Bruce Brown signs with the Pacers. George Niang signs with the Cavs. Gabe Vincent signs with the Lakers. This one's big. Fred Van Vliet signs with the Rockets. Oh, okay. Where was the talk that he was potentially going to go to before? I don't, I don't remember. Celtics. Didn't we talk about that in a previous episode that the Celtics would be a good fit for him? Because Yeah, we also talked about the Lakers being a good fit for him as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Seth Curry signs with the Mavs, which pairs him with Kyrie and um, Luka, which will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose signs with the Grizzlies. I want to touch on yeah, something there in a second. That's interesting. Going back to the he, yeah back back yeah he's played for such so many teams. Monte Morris signs with the Pistons. Victor Oladipo signs with the Thunder. Woohoo! Max Struess signs with the Cavs. So I think the Cavs are building their team better. Patrick Beverly signs with the 76ers. Obi Toppin was traded to the Pacers. Dylan Brooks signs with the Rockets. Hmm. Uh, Dante Divincenzo signs with the Knicks, and then Patty Mills signs with the Thunder. So there's two things, three things I want to talk about with all these moves that I just talked about. I think the Cavs are making a lot of good moves because you have Max Struess, who has been one of the better players for the Heat the past two years, and you're looking at George Nying, who's a really, really, really good three-point shooter. I've heard that name. Yes. I don't know anything about him. I've heard the name. You want to know why? Why? He went to ISU. That's why? Yes. Okay. So 
you have their starting five already, the Cavs. They have a solid starting five, but they didn't really have so much depth. Now they do. You have George Yang, who is a really good shooter, who can come off the bench. You have Max Drews, who can either start or come in as a six-man, who is really good. But then you have the two towers of the modern-day era, and you have your all-star in Donovan Mitchell, plus who was there? I can't remember who the third was, but they have a really strong team already. And so adding these moves, I think really helps the Cavs because they don't, they, I feel like they thought they didn't get as far as they wanted to. And honestly, they probably didn't. They made the playoffs this past season, didn't they? Yeah. They made it to the semifinals Mm -hmm. for the conference. And I probably should have with their, with their team, they should have went farther. And I think that's why they're making these moves. Okay. Uh, the Pistons, I like a lot of their moves, and the reason why I wanted to touch on the Pistons is because um, Monty Williams is there now as their head coach, who okay. was the former coach of the Suns, who is the best record since 2021. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons, even before, had a lot of young talent, but I don't think they had guidance. Okay. I think now with Monty Williams, not only is he going to be able to provide that guidance for the young guys, but he's bringing in veteran guys who not only can help with them, but add competition to the starting lineup to say just because you're young and we didn't have talent before doesn't mean you're going to get the start. Exactly. Yep. Got to prove your worth. So I think this is such a good move with the Pistons. So I'm excited to see how they do this year. Now, the last thing I wanted to touch on was Derek Rose to the Grizzlies. And here's the only thing I wanted to touch on because I found it so funny. You probably saw my Facebook post. I did see that, and I had seen other people doing uh, very similar jokes in line with that, too. So good. So if you don't – I mean, we've talked about it before, the issues that John Morant has had with having guns on Instagram Live. Well, touching on that, that was another thing I want to talk about, the John Morant suspension. He's suspended 25 games. Starting this next season? Yes. Okay. So people are putting the Guns N' Roses label with both of those people as... An album cover. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Looks pretty good. And um, unfortunate for Derrick Rose that he's going to be surrounded by that type of environment. Here's the thing. He does have the veteran aspect to him, and he has a lot of respect. It's such a good move. Yeah. Because not only can Derrick Rose, like you just said, provide that... Uh, veteran mentality, but John Morant looks up to Derrick Rose, like, and that's what heavily. a lot. That's what a lot of players, younger players in the NBA now, look at Derrick Rose as almost like the model of who they want to be. Well, and it sucks for him because he hasn't had the level of success that you would expect him to have for how talented he was when he first came in, just being injury prone, but a lot of players look up to him as a severe role model to follow. There was a quote from last year that John Morant was talking about Derek Rose and about how he was the first person to show that an athletic guard could succeed. Mm-hmm. And it's who he bases his game after. Mm-hmm. If you look at John Morant and you look at Derek Rose, they are very one and the same in how they approach basketball. Mm-hmm. So... I think that move is smart for a lot of reasons, mainly because Derrick Rose is now on another contending team that he could add that value to with the veteran aspect. But then he's also going to be probably a mentor to John Morant. Say, get your fucking shit together. Because what I had and what I had to lose with my injuries, I was able to come back. You could just lose that by your own personal. Yeah, you're issues. not suffering injuries. You're right. just being a dipshit off court. So I actually think that move is fantastic. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Derek Rose, ever since he played for the Bulls, obviously has been one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Just being a Bulls fan just sucks to see him not being as successful. He, Same thing with Jimmy Butler. Big Jimmy, Jimmy Butler fan. I, I also like Jimmy Buckets. Um, I will do another breakdown like I did this last year before the season starts of where do I think these teams are going to end out at based off of their their lineups preseason okay i mean obviously that changes with the trade deadline in the middle of the season but just by preseason and what their teams are what they're gonna do i think i'm gonna do that again because it was kind of fun well yeah i mean you weren't terrible at it i was pretty good but it was fun to see that you know some of the teams that you had not projected anywhere close like the kings obviously yeah thinking that they needed a couple more years to even get to where they were this past season and then surpassing that and honestly, I think they're going to take a step back this year. There, there's no way. Well, no, get... it was a. I think it's going to be a kind of a flash in the pan. They all kind of seem to mesh well last season. Mm-hmm. I bet you they're not going to have the continued success. It's just it's hard. Without looking at anything, I'm projecting them probably fifth or sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'll do that projection later. But yeah. just off the top of my head, fifth or sixth. All right, Iowa sports. Uh, going back to the draft a little bit, uh, Chris Murray of the Iowa Hawkeyes, for now the second year in a row, Iowa has had a basketball player selected in the first round of the NBA draft. It's only happened one other time in school history, and that was in the early 70s. So it's been 50 years. You know, a nice little gap in between there. Um, he was selected by the Portland Trailblazers for the 23rd overall pick in the first round. Um Chris Murray became the 11th first rounder from Iowa, and he is the fifth in the last 30 years. Uh, do you think this is a good landing spot for him? That's kind of the main question I wanted to talk about. For Portland, I would have said yes, and I forgot to put it on my movements, but Damian Lillard requested a trade, mm-hmm. and he waited until the end of free agency after the draft and after free agency to see what they did. They signed Jeremy Grant to a long extension, $160 million five-year contract, I think. Um, they also drafted Scoot Henderson. So to be determined because if they get rid of Damien, well, they're going to get rid of Dame because he requested a trade, but Portland is not going to play it dumb. They're going to request a huge haul for Mm -hmm. that. So depending on, I know they're going to get draft assets, but depending on who they get in return, I'll have to look at their lineup and see kind of, what that looks like, but I think it's going to be good because I think it kind of gives him a start or at least maybe like Keegan six man. Yeah. But with Dame leaving and depending on the hall, I'm not sure yet, but trailblazers aren't a great team because like they just can't get over the hump. Well, yeah, a lot of it rests on Damian Lillard, but just initial reaction, yes, because mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to get more opportunity. Pre-dame, post-dame, I don't think it matters. I think he's going to get some opportunity to play. So I, I don't hate it. So individual player for Chris, yes, good opportunity. As a franchise, not so much. To be determined. Right. Depending on, like you said, who they get in return for. Which Damian. is weird because with even with Keegan, I liked the Kings spot because I saw that they were trending upwards. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is going to be a good fit for him. He's going to see some success. I didn't think it was going to be that much success. I didn't honestly did not think it was going to be that much success either. 
so, I I shouldn't say this as an Iowa fan, but I don't see too much success from a lot of Iowa basketball players right. going into the NBA just because the the caliber of players that Iowa generally gets to the you know blue bloods of the program like Kansas, Kentucky, Villanova, all those different schools is a lot different, yeah. and just doesn't seem to compute in the same way. But rooting for them, obviously. Uh, other Iowa news. This goes into football recruiting. And when I made this note, I'm getting a lot of different information for different commits after I put this one down. So this one's not as big of a news story anymore. Um, but Devin Kennedy, who is a junior, going to be a senior in Arizona, who's a defensive lineman, announced his decision to become an Iowa Hawkeye after the first official weekend of visits that they had for high school athletes. Uh, he had offers from Oregon State, Illinois, Penn State, among others. Uh, apparently nine other schools other than those three offered scholarships for him. He's a three-star prospect. He is a 108th edge rusher nationally in the 24 class and the 43rd best overall player in the state of Arizona. He apparently has only been playing football for a year with the article that I read. And that's why I was looking at his stats that he did this past year, and they weren't terribly convincing. So I was wondering why off Iowa would even offer him a scholarship in the first place and said, oh, well, he's only had one year of actual playing time. I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, he shows great discipline in setting the edge, apparently, from his scattering reports. He's good at uh, rushing and pushing in the pocket. He has great athleticism and is explosive coming off the edge. Uh, he joins a list of 12 other verbal commits, uh, a few of those being wide receivers, which are supposed to have some real good chatter about them coming into this class as well. So that's good news for Iowa, as well as, um, fuck, Jack Campbell's younger brother from Cedar Falls. I'm forgetting his name, but he's also a defensive lineman that's supposed to have a lot of excitement and talent around him that he committed to Iowa as well. So there has been some good recruiting news on Iowa's front for football showing at least some promise I going into the future. I understand why defensive players want to come here. I, I totally understand. And I don't understand why we got a lot of receivers. It's like, have you seen our offensive scheme? I think there's like, out of the 13, including uh, Devin Kennedy here, I think there's like two or three wide receivers that chose to commit to Iowa. I just, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know why either. Out of those 13, a majority of them are defensive players or offensive linemen. So yeah. that makes sense. There is one quarterback out of Jacksonville, Florida that uh, verbally committed to Iowa as well, but I haven't looked up anything on him either. So things are trending up, I should say, which is the good news. Well, we'll have to keep our, our concerns until about week six in the schedule to see how our offense is. Cause you know, the first three are going to be like, I mean, oh. but I think the Iowa state one would be a good test. They generally have, at least in the big 12, a competent defense. For the most part, at least underneath Campbell. Yeah. I think it would be interesting. That's only the second game. But like you said, the other two non-conference games are fucking high school teams, basically. So it's not going to be... Western Michigan's one of them. I don't remember who the other one is. Utah State. Yeah, Utah State, which they're not too bad. I'll be interested to see how our first three games of Big Ten play go. And after that, then I'll be like, yeah, we fucking suck. It might be after week two. Who knows? But I've seen analysts for Iowa football predicting uh, nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one. 
but there's always those people that are like seven and five. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's typical. I'm not too surprised by that. Last little bit of Iowa news. Caitlin Clark continues her dominating trophy run where she was named the women's athlete of the year at the collegiate women's athlete of the year. That's presented by the Honda cup. It's the 47th year that they have done this. Um, she beat out other finalists, the volleyball standout, Logan Eggleston from the university of Texas, and then sophomore golf sensation, Rose Zhang uh, from Stanford university. Clark is the first hut Honda cup recipient from the university of Iowa. Um, I'm going to go into some of the other awards that she's won also this year, just kind of do a replay of all the stuff that she's won. She's won the 2023 Naismith wooden and Wade trophies along with the associated press and us BWA and Dyersdale player of the year honors. She is also a two-time winner of the Nancy Lieberman Point Guard Award, and she is the first-ever three-time winner of the Dawn Staley Award. She's also won the Honda Sport Award in basketball this past April. My question for you is that would you consider her now to be the best or at least most decorated Iowa athlete in the school's history? Without deep diving into the history, probably. I, I, I mean... Just by, like... One of the most notorious, for sure. Well, yeah, but even just by, like, production levels, uh, honors that she has gotten in her three years, and she could have another potential two more if she really wanted it. I think she's arguably one of the... I think she is arguably the greatest Iowa athlete of all time. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say, maybe. Yeah. I You could definitely be argued. I would say Spencer Lee is either... Up there with her, or very, very, very close second. Well, I think when you're looking at the greatest of anything, it's not only just about numbers, but it's about impact. That's why the whole Jordan and LeBron debate is so huge, is because yeah, yeah LeBron's numbers are better, but Jordan had a huge impact. Right. Yep. So you have to look at all facets of this. Yeah, Garza was great. Um, yeah, the BJ, Murray twins were good. Yeah, yeah, BJ Armstrong won three titles in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The Niall Kinnick is Niall Kinnick, right? Mm-hmm. Chuck Long was good when he was in college. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Stoops brothers, yep. uh, Dallas Clark. You have all these huge names for mm-hmm. what they've done. But when you look at Caitlin Clark, right? And I hate to like really put everything on one player, but she's the reason Women's, the team is so good. The team is so good, but then also just the national attention that has been brought to collegiate women's basketball. Right. And then on and top that, of that, the... Just the the issues between her and Angel Reese, whether because there's no issues between those two, right? The issues that yeah. everyone else decided that they had. Mm-hmm. All of these things playing together, because I mean, really, you look at Michael Jordan, right? One of the biggest reasons why he is so great is because he even had these scandals and he had these things that he was so big that everything was important. Mm-hmm. It seems like that is very much in the same breath as Caitlin Clark, right? So I think it's very, very arguable that even as great as Spencer Lee is, in terms of greatest of all time, I think Kaylin easily surpasses Spencer Lee in just terms of everything. So I think there's a good argument to be made about that. Okay. I just want to put put that out there because, again, this is a national award that she has won, another one that she can add to her growing collection that she'll probably... And another one. And another one. Literally, DJ Khaled and another one just continuously coming in from, with her name on it. 
All right, other sports news. Uh, the NHL playoffs have finalized a couple weeks back, but yes. we haven't had time to actually talk about it. Your Knights did it. Gentlemen sweep. It was the uh, fastest time that a new franchise has ever won a championship in... Uh, the NHL. NHL, yep. Six years. That was five. That was five years. Mm, five or six years. Because 2017 was their first year, right? I think this would have been their fifth, fifth season. Maybe. If I don't know. It, but it's 2017, 2023, mm-hmm. Eric. That is six years. Well, it's 2023 now. The season started in 2021. Try that again. The season started in 2022, not 2021. <laughs> but it started in 2022. That's a long-ass season. That would be a long-ass season. But started started uh, this past yeah. fall. Anyway, congratulations, Cody. Thank you. Your franchise uh, won another championship you always seem to choose the ones that win the best i guess hey to be fair i choose them when they're winning so like yeah when i chose the patriots because everyone gets on my ass about this i was a bandwagon at the first time because they were in the super bowl i didn't know who to choose and my mom's boyfriend at the time liked the patriots so i just went with that because i liked the guy but you didn't want to go with the rams because of kurt warner playing against tom brady you didn't want to get that one it wasn't that year that was Tom Brady's first championship, wasn't it, against yeah, the Rams? Yeah, it wasn't the year that I was watching when I oh, first chose it. Oh, gotcha, never mind. They were mind. playing the Eagles. Oh, okay. And he didn't like the Eagles, so I was like, all right, I'll go with the Patriots. Hmm. Been a Patriots fan ever since. Okay. When I chose the Vegas Golden Knights, it was like, I like underdog teams. They were the brand new team. First year that they were in the league, they made the the championship. And I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's root for the, the first-year team. Why not, you know? And I just stuck with them. Yeah. So just, I mean, to be fair though, if I had to choose a baseball team, it's Colorado Rockies. So they're probably never going to win. So there is, <laughs> there is the other side to that coin. Yeah. Uh, severe underdogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't worry. I'm a Bulls fan. We won't, <laughs> we won't ever get there again. Uh, the Cubs won it, you know, in 16, which is nice. I was allowed really to see it. I really wish they didn't though. Oh, come on. And the reason why is because, excluding you, Cubs fans are so obnoxious that they're very much in the same breath as Packers fans. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And so I always loved how, like, they would get crushed for losing, and Mm -hmm. then they would come back right again and say, oh, next year's our season. Next season's our year, you know? And it was always one of my favorite sports statistics to say to people that the last time that the Chicago Cubs won, the Ottoman Empire was still around. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that anymore. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So I really wish they didn't win. Just find one for the Dallas Cowboys. Last time the Dallas I saw Cow- something like that. The Dallas Cow- last time the Dallas Cowboys won a uh, national championship. We still have something. the Twin Towers. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can say that about a lot of NFL teams, so come on now. Uh, other sports news the college world series ended um for the first time in 14 years the lsu tigers have claimed the men's college world series defeating number two florida in game three of the uh championship series they beat them 18 to 4 in game three now this is where i want to talk about like the discrepancy and scores of the game lsu won the first game in a 11 inning thriller four to three pretty average uh, Florida stormed back in game two and won 24 to four, which blew my fucking mind. And then, like I just said, LSU won game three to win the overall series 18 to four, um, ending the series two to one. 
the uh, LSU Tigers ended the season with a 53-17 and 17 overall record. And this is the, in the last four seasons since 2019, LSU has now won a national championship in football, women's basketball, and now baseball. So LSU sports is trending up, but fuck the SEC because they can only, uh, I guess, promote certain scholarship sports because they don't have all sports available. We talked about that before. So they can obviously dump more money into certain sports than other schools. So who cares about the SEC anyway? <laughs> All right, that wraps up everything for this week's episode of the sports episode for the Dention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week. <laughs>